Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Mystery to Me podcast. I'm Anya Kane. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. And we love movies and television shows with a whiff of mystery. Mystery to Me will feature us riffing on murder mysteries, film noir, cozy detective stories, police procedurals, psychological thrillers, legal dramas, tales of teen sleuths, and more. Once we're done yucking it up about whatever we've just seen, we'll serve up our five-star final takes on whether it's worth your time. If you're offended by silliness, profanity, political asides, canine-related interruptions, and losers laughing at their own bad jokes, beware. Also note that some of the stories we'll be talking about are pretty dark, and in some cases exceptionally badly written. So content warning for murder, violence, suicide, torture, rape, racism, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, and bigotry. If there's a movie or show you'd like for us to talk about, email us at mysterytomepodcast at gmail.com. Our show's take on genre is pretty loosey-goosey. So as long as your suggestion has some dash of mystery, we're interested in hearing about it. Spoiler alert! We're going to be discussing the entirety of this show or movie, spoilers and all. So if you want to be surprised... Press pause, go watch the thing, then join us for the show. Now that you've heard our spiel, go ahead and polish off those magnifying glasses and slip into your favorite trench coat. Let's get mysterious. what do we watch well kevin i before i tell you i was thinking maybe we could do things a little differently this episode Uh you know instead of having fun instead of having some laughs with each other and you know maybe teasing each other a bit what if we you know got into some big arguments that made it clear that we don't really like each other and 
we can barely stand to be around each other and just kind of have a, a low-grade episode where we're not really talking about any sort of show in particular. We're just kind of bouting around from topic to topic vaguely. And I think that would be really fun for the listeners, don't you? Well, it's kind of what our life is like behind the scenes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's letting people have a peek inside how it really goes down in this I think, household. I think this is your subtle way of making a comment about this episode we just saw. I think it might be. <laughs> Um, we watched a episode, the series finale, actually, because it never was renewed, uh, of the Nancy Drew show, not the beloved CW show that's on right now. Oh, you must be talking about the uh, Nancy Drew Hardy Boys show from the 1970s. No, see, we've talked that, about that before. Oh, are you talking about the series of disturbing films from the 30s? <laughs> not that either. No, this is something Canadian from 1995. And uh, the episode we watched was episode 13 of season one, The Long Journey Home. And it aired on December 16th, 1995. There's a lot to unpack in this episode. There's a lot to, <laughs> we need to sit down and figure this the fuck out. We saw previous episodes of the show, and I remember thinking, we should do a mystery to me on one of these, because they're, they're kind of cute. You know, they're kind of low-key. But uh, this one, <laughs> this one was more low than low-key. It was just low in spirits. It was depressing. It was boring. It was bad. So, so just like an episode of this program. Yeah, it, it, it's basically the, the show equivalent of us. Uh, it, it got off to a pretty inauspicious start, as you pointed out. This episode is 22 minutes long. What do they open with? You know, a quick character-driven moment or, or something exciting? No. Like a minute-long shot of a train yeah. coming into a train station. And then Nancy gets off of this train with her uh, bow. Oh, should we, we should say that this is the 1990s, and this is like proto-CW stuff. We haven't quite figured out how to have hot young people like they have on CW. No, yeah, we don't know. But they're know. trying. They're trying, and they... And they also don't know how to do, like, drama like they do on CW, where it's like, oh, you know, like, how are they going to make it all dramatic without necessarily having to be like, these people would want to kill each other, literally. They don't know how to write that yet. No. They haven't gotten there, but they're trying their damnedest. Nancy and Ned are on vacation. Yes, and and uh, there, there was a, a bizarre trope in a lot of these shows when, when the focus of the show is female. Mm-hmm. Her love interest always has to hate everything that makes her special or unique or alive. He just wants a dame to cook for him. Uh, like on the old show Bewitched, which is about a witch who has amazing and magical powers that could make her life and the lives of her loved ones just endlessly delightful and easy. And he says, you know what I hate about you is I hate those powers. And on this show, I think what we're supposed to enjoy about this show was oh, Nancy has this great relationship with two strong female friends. And also, she's really, really good at solving mysteries. So basically, like the coolest person ever. So at the beginning of the show, he says, you know, Nancy, this weekend, don't do anything with your friends. Don't solve any mysteries. So it's what what does he see in her? He just wants her to be weak and bland also very nice message 1995 you know guy is guy is a uh, guy is very desirable but he's also trying to isolate nancy from her friends 
and remove her from all her hobbies and maybe even her job. I'm not really sure if she gets money from making mysteries and or doing mystery stuff in this, but it's sort of like, wow, that's a, that's a few red flags, and 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 we're just supposed to be like, that's great, love them. And then I know I'm very old. Uh, you mention that all the time, Nad. Okay, first of all, Nancy Drew looks like a young adult. Yeah. She's age appropriate. I got no problem with that. Ned looks 12. <laughs> That's why he's so immature. He's just a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> Am I crazy? Didn't he look like he was a little boy? Uh, not to me. They both look like young adults to me. Maybe maybe it's a guy thing. I don't know. They, they both look like, you know, early 20s. I expected him in any scene to suddenly be dressed as like Jane North from Dennis the Menace. And then start calling for Mr. Wilson. So I, I found that disturbing. Maybe that maybe that gives him an excuse to be such a mean, nasty guy in this episode. So they're, they're at this train station. The train has come in. And Nancy says, oh, uh, I have to go get the MacGuffin that's currently in the train station. Why don't you wait out here by the tracks? And the little boy Ned says, sure, that's no problem. You Anything go- to get away from you. <laughs> and so while she's inside... Uh, two Russian thugs uh, come and they accost him. And they, it's not even just a friendly accost. No. It's not, not a... That, not, you get that stuff all the time. Yes, I get accosted when I step out for bread. Yeah, people are just, people are just coming at you. All, all in good humor. I'm a beloved local figure. <laughs> so it's not like that, though. What they do is they grab him and they force him down on the train tracks. So they say, you need to give us what we want, or this train, which is suddenly approaching. It must be a very, very busy train station in this tiny town. There's a train moments away that is going to crush his skull like a grape. And he's, I don't know what you're talking about. What's going on? Huh? Huh? Because he's a child. He doesn't know. And so (laughs) he's bewildered. He's baffled. And then one of them uh, reaches into uh, Ned's pocket uh, and gets out his wallet. And he, and he looks at the identification and says, hey, this isn't even the right guy. And they go, oh, well, you know, oh, let's go. They're dusting him off. <laughs> yeah, it was just a wacky misunderstanding. <laughs> we thought you were our friend. <laughs> and then they walk. Uh, uh, they let him get up just as the train comes by. Because it's not like he can identify them now as a witness. I, I was about to mention this, and then these guys, they don't run away. They just very calmly walk into the train station, which is a closed building, and they pass Nancy coming out. So why doesn't Ned say, oh my God, those two men who are very, very slowly walking into the building, and who don't really appear to be armed, or any, or to pose any danger to anybody, they just tried to kill me. Perhaps we should alert any of the crowd of people who surely are inside the station to this so an arrest can be made and we can get on with our weekend maybe he thought that that's how they say hello in france and that was like the local greeting committee i don't know it was bizarre also they could possibly start doing this to other people so you think there would be a bit of like a let's alert why, why does he let him get away instead he and nancy just uh stand by a car which i guess she's rented and he we, we cut to he's just finished telling the story he doesn't seem to be too bothered by it. He said, oh, let's just get on with our weekend. It's no big deal. 
trying to be like a tough boy. When when things when you know when you're accosted by by ruffians and and held in front of a train, you just got to brush that off, right? That that's toxic masculinity for you. Maybe, Men would rather brush off train attacks than go to fucking therapy. Maybe he thinks uh, it's going to help him out for the weekend because I think if I said, you know, Anya, I just got nearly killed. I think I'd probably be having a pretty fun weekend with you, if you know what I'm saying. I'm, I'm being tasteful here. You'd be spoiling me. You'd be babying me. I could just put my feet back. You'd bring me milk and cookies. What the fuck? Is this like your weird fantasy? Is your fan is like you is you have some sick romantic fantasy that you are going to get roughed up by goons at a train station, and that's gonna make me a better wife? <laughs> Couldn't hurt. I've tried everything else. And I'm going to be into you because, like, so now, now now, you have to know, though, Kevin, now that you've said this, if you ever do get roughed up at a train station, I'm just going to assume that you put up some of your buddies to do it. Some of my goon friends. Yeah, so, so you could end up reaping the rewards and having me take care of you because I'm worried about your, your mental health. See, also, uh, Nancy didn't see this. So he could have been making the whole thing up. That would that begin, but like I mean, if you're at that point in your relationship, maybe just break up if the trust is that low. You know, I, I say, "Oh, Anya, can you get me a cup of water?" You step out, get me a cup of water. I come, and you come back. I go, oh my God, Anya! While you were gone, some thugs <laughs> nearly killed me. I mean, this is what you say anytime I get up and go away. So I, I've just learned to live with it and just ignore it. So they get into the car. Yeah, things get weirder. And then my, my allegiance here slips from, sw switches, and you'll see why in a second, switches from, from Nancy to Ned, who's this, like, just an asshole in this episode. But, like, Nancy makes some decisions here that really aren't okay. In the back seat of the car is uh, a young man who actually looks like a young man. He looks like he's at least 10 years older than Ned, who, again, looks like he's 12. Uh, and this young man says, oh, I was sleeping here. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, just, I just wanted to sleep here. Uh, I'm, 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 I want to get home to see my mother who I haven't seen in many a year. I didn't have money. Didn't have money. So I thought I'd just sleep in the car overnight. Excuse me. I'm just leaving. And he's a handsome young man. And so Nancy kind of says, oh. <laughs> yeah, how far is that drive? Can we can we give you a lift, uh, young man? Can I meet your mom? <laughs> so is it like some sort of? You wondered if she was going to be like cucking Ned. Yeah, because she seemed to have more of a thing going with this Frenchman than her ostensible boyfriend, who again, and the Frenchman seems nicer. He's not like critic. He's not telling Nancy like, "Oh, you're you know your hobby sucks. Fuck you." I mean, he's he's uh, appreciative of the help she's given him. So. I mean, I, wouldn't you rather be with someone like that than somebody who's just criticizing your every mood and just seems to be pissed off whenever you're around? But, but if we get into our car and there's some bomb... Oh, right. That's what, that's what, that's what I'm going back. But she's, she's like, oh, yeah, just hitchhike with us. I mean, Jesus Christ, girl. You know, this is the 90s. I, I mean, in real life, he'd kill them and take their car. But, you know, but that doesn't And happen. who could blame him if he did? Honestly, they, 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 this version of Nancy and Ned should be put out of their misery, at least in this episode. It seems like I, we, we, I've never seen an episode with Ned in it before of this version. So I think that's why we were having fun earlier. It was like, oh, it's kind of like low-key, kind of 90s Nancy. 
No, but the, no, we were never having fun. Nineties Ned is a is a drag. I thought Nerd Nickerson from the uh, the seventies show was bad, but he's like a fucking. He's like, I mean, he's like a leading man. I mean, th- this guy just. You think he's twelve? I think he's an asshole. It's just a bad combination, and it's bad vibes all around. And she shouldn't be picking up other men in front of her boyfriend. I agree, but her boyfriend sucks in this. Can we agree that her boyfriend fucking sucks and seems to hate her? She's desperate for some affection here. Every boyfriend. time he's talking, he's criticizing her. He's like, oh, you know, I don't like your hobby. I don't like you solving mysteries. I think the whole show was a foot race to see which one I disliked the most. I know, it really was. I didn't like either of them. But I'm just saying, when we watched episodes that were just about Nancy and Bess and George, her friends, you know, they, they, weren't, they didn't wow me. I wasn't like, oh, my God, these are amazing. But I wasn't, like, offended. I wasn't like, oh, God, this sucks. Like, you know, I, it, this was just a drag. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. So against the protests of Ned. Who again is right in this situation. You don't take hitchhikers anywhere. Come on. Let's, I mean, come on. They give this guy a lift and then there's a scene of them driving. Also, can I just add literally the same story? Basically the same events that, according to my family lore, led my great-grandfather to possibly participate in, in a group of politically motivated bank robberies in Ireland. That's all I'll say about that. But just kind of like, I just want to go visit my mom. Can you drive me here? And then things, one thing leads to another, and then several banks have been hit, and it's a whole thing. But anyways, yeah. that's where I also, thought this was going. Also, something very similar in our honeymoon. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> We're not going <laughs> to open old wounds. <laughs> so then there's like a shot of them driving, and it's a shot of him sitting in the back seat, this hitchhiker, this bum, this handsome Don't young fellow. Don't call him a bum. 
That's not politically correct. A hobo? Oh my god. What about a ne'er do well? A ne'er do well is fine. So this handsome young ne'er do well is sitting in the back seat, the wind blowing through his hair magnificently. <laughs> and he's just droning on about his childhood. He says, Oh yes, I was a child in this neighborhood. I haven't been back there since and oh how does it feel to be back <laughs> here where I once was as a child? That's what you do whenever we go to your hometown. You insist on sitting in the backseat of our car, even if there's no one up front with me, and you just go on and on. It's like the world's worst driving tour. And that's how you are everywhere but my hometown. <laughs> I demand to sit in the back like you're my chauffeur. And even just sitting here at home, you always sit in the couch behind me and just start talking and just <laughs> rambling about your childhood. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, he's talking about his mother problems. He's talking about his, like, mommy problems. That's that's a little weird. So then he, they, they arrive in the town. He says, Sabat, goodbye, folks. It's been great. Thanks for everything. Sorry again for sleeping in the car. <laughs> and he sh and is there anything I can do for you? And Nancy says, well, one thing you can do is tell us the truth, because I know you didn't sleep in that car. And he says, oh, you got me. I took a dump in the car. <laughs> And, and Ned is like, why didn't you tell me you knew this guy was lying the whole time before we gave him this ride and listened to him go on and on about his fucking childhood? And, and Nancy says, eh. And so then, then he walks away. And then at that point, uh, Ned and Nancy walk into what seems to be a nice restaurant. Yeah. And in the foreground, <laughs> for some reason. My favorite character in this. <laughs> they're in the background when they they're in the background when they walk into this restaurant. <laughs> But in the foreground, displayed prominently, is a an immobile woman. A, a woman with long brown hair. She knows she's on camera, and she's very uncomfortable about it because her eyes are doing things like, "Oh, geez, what is? Oh, I can't believe I agreed to this." And you kind of want to help her. And frankly, she's the most relatable character in this episode because that's how we feel. We're all the woman, you know, trying to get some you know, red wine or, or, you know, grape juice maybe and baguettes and you're just trying to enjoy yourself in France and these people are causing drama and just boring the hell out of you and you just want to be out of there. So I related to this woman and she was my favorite character by far in this whole thing. Give her a spinoff. She could solve the mysteries. So then they say, oh, look, there's somebody already sitting at a table. It's our ne'er-do-well friend who hasn't a penny to his name. And he says... I've decided I feel bad. I'm going to buy you a meal at this nice restaurant, even though I don't have a penny to my name. And they say, oh, gee, thanks. And they sit down with him. This isn't a horror movie. I mean, this is a horror movie, right? I mean, like the young couple in a foreign country takes a hitchhiker. How is he paying for that meal? It's very suspicious. He doesn't have a penny to his name. He didn't tell them that, but you're assuming that because he was sleeping in somebody else's He's car. sleeping in cars. You know, but maybe he's a prince in disguise. He's the lost Dauphine. <laughs> Get real. You're insulting the intelligence of our audience. Well, I apologize for my Well, you wife. know what? It doesn't really get any better in terms of storytelling because uh, the next thing you know, I don't even remember what happens with the dad. I, I think he just keeps telling them about, oh, my mom doesn't even know me anymore. Who cares? Whatever. Go, go to therapy or something. And then they go back to their, you know, nice hotel room. And a big ass golden cross 
falls out of some silky pink stuff that Ned's picking up. So that was weird. I was like, okay. And yeah, what did Ned have planned? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but it apparently didn't involve this big ass golden cross that clunks out because then they're like, uh oh, this is what the Russians were looking for. This guy was probably a thief. And so, huh? And then, and then somehow they see him again, and he says, "Well, no, actually, I wasn't a thief. I'm just a cross mule." I was hanging out with it at the church, and the, a guy at the church said, "Hey, I'll buy you a ticket home as long as you make a delivery." And it, he he's on the plane or whatever it was he was doing, and he reads a newspaper and he says, "Oh golly, this delivery I was making was a stolen cross." And so, and, and then he doesn't want to deliver the stolen cross because it's stolen. And he's a, he doesn't want to steal from the church. So you would think that as soon as he gets off the, the plane... Go to the cops. He would notify the, the appropriate authorities. And we wouldn't be watching this episode. But no, he like hides. And people are like chasing him. He's oh, what am I going to do? And they're like, go to the police. And he's and like, no, no. Nah. Why do they decide not to go to the police? Because they the mobsters might hurt his mom. Even though they have not kidnapped her, they... they they just politely asked her where her son was earlier in the episode, and they witnessed that, and and they leave her alone then. Where Nancy then says, well, wait a minute. The whole reason they tried to kill Ned was because they thought you looked, he looked so much like you, Mr. Ne'er-do-well. They look nothing alike. They don't look anything alike. They both have lightish hair. And one of them is like five, and the other one's like 52. They're not, he's not... <laughs> They look nothing alike. You're like you're like choking up even thinking about it. <laughs> it's very emotional for me. <laughs> okay, but also if you were a savvy sleuth like Nancy Drew is purported to be, would you buy a cock and bull story that someone gives you about? I didn't know that that was I, that wasn't mine. I would somebody gave me that bag. By the way, I can't go to the police. Yeah, oh. yeah I can't go to the police. At the very least, like, you could go, if you don't want to go to the police at the airport because you're afraid they're going to, like, like send you back to Russia and you're going to get in trouble there, you could at least, like, you could, you could do a lot of things. You could drop it off at the Russian consulate. You know, like, you could, there's, there's ways to amend this situation, one would think. Well, Nancy comes up with a plan. She says, obviously, they think the two of you look alike. Let's play on that. Because because it, it actually is a Let's have some fun, guys. So we've, they're in this room in a hotel or something, and the bad guys are outside waiting for them to come out. So here's what we will do. You two appear out front wearing similar outfits and sunglasses and I think a hat. That'll fool them. So there's the, the We're two in guys. a Scooby-Doo cartoon. And then I want you to lead them on... Some slapstick, Scooby-Doo, Three Stooges-esque chases. Honestly, if it had really, if it had paid off in that sense, that would have been, I, the episode would have soared in my view, but it, it didn't really pay off. It was just a, a shot of uh, these two guys, the bad guys are chasing our hero and the ne'er-do-well. And I think it's supposed to be funny because they're like running into doors and stuff and nearly missing each other. And like, remember, these guys are killers. And so Nancy has just put both of their lives in danger. Are they killers? If they were real cold-blooded killers, wouldn't they have killed Ned? Because at the very least, no, there were no witnesses around them. They could have just pushed him into the train 
and he would have been run over and killed, and it could have looked like an accident. That's what you would have done. I'm I I'm not say, I'm not a I'm not a killer, but I'm just saying if they're really that cold blooded, they haven't acted upon it yet. Yeah, you're like doing the old jet. Like if I did it, <laughs> this is how you would do it. If I was this if, is this is all hypothetical. If I was secretly people a shouldn't man. go looking at accidents at train stations <laughs> near your hometown. This is just this is just talk. If I did, you're making me sound like a monster. If. Yeah, but you. Here's my advice to you, Kevin. Don't, don't, uh, don't let me catch you near any trains anytime soon. <laughs> so they're like all running around, and then while they're running around, these these cold-blooded, sophisticated killers. Nancy knows what their car is, and of course they've left it unlocked. Naturally. So then her big plan is she takes this cross. She puts it, which they want, more than anything else. She takes it, and she puts it in their car. <laughs> Just give it back to them. Surrender the bad guys. No worries. It's a priceless artifact that's been stolen from a church in a different country. So you know what you do? You give it to the guys who stole it. And they're willing to kill for it. And salute them and let them fund their drug trade or whatever the fuck they're doing with it. That's great. That's some sleuthing. So then she goes back into the hotel and the, the dumb little uh, energyless. Uh, languid slapstick chase slogs its way to a close. But you know what? That was still the best part of this whole thing because at least he was trying to do something stupid and I appreciated that. And so uh, Nancy's Ned and Nancy's ne'er-do-well, they get back into the hotel. A Ned-do-well, if you might. And as soon as they get back into the hotel, Nancy, we've neglected to mention, she has some sort of sound effect device, some sort of Foley machine. Would she? <laughs> what, why, why was she bringing that on her little sex trip with Ned? I, I'm going to tell you because and at one point Ned confronts her on it, like, turn that shit off, which, like, fair. But she's like, oh, it's because someone was rummaging around my bag. So I guess that was supposed to be the Ned Duel. But, like, but do you have, are there alarms for bags? I'm so confused. Anyways, proceed. So the, the, it has the sound effect of police sirens. So she, she plays it, and these guys who are desperate to get the cross back and are keeping an eye on the ne'er-do-well because of this, says, oh, police are coming. Obviously, they're coming to get us. They can't just be, like, doing a random chase or chasing a speeder. It has to be us. So what we have to do is get in our car and drive away at top speed, which they proceed to do. And then at that point, they're pulled over for speeding. And the police, for some reason, after they pull them over for speeding, they said, well, just, just for the heck of it, just for shits and giggles, we'll search your car. Nobody has rights in France. They search the car, find the cross. The case is wrapped up. They immediately know the cross, I guess, is stolen, not just these men's rightful possession. Don't you think in France that makes all the news? All the police get a uh, get a report on stolen crosses. They said hot cross buns. <laughs> I'm trying to have fun here. This episode sucked. So then they they, they take uh, the ne'er do well to his mom's house, and she seems happy to see him, and he kind of shrugs his shoulders at his head of Nancy. Love my mom. And then uh, Ned and Nancy then 
we cut to them uh, near a train station. Yeah, here's where things really go. I mean, like, this was already downhill, but we somehow crater out from here. Uh, Ned says, Nancy, I gotta go back to Africa for six months. I waited to tell you until now, the last possible moment, because I didn't want to give you anything to think about. I just wanted you to make a sudden snap decision. I love you. Come to Africa with me. For six months. And and let me just also point out that this man has been criticizing her for bringing, putting her work as a sleuth before him. And then he proceeds to make it clear that his career, I don't know what that is. It's something quote unquote agency. So probably some shadowy CIA front based in Africa. They don't hire five-year-olds in the CIA. Well, I mean, maybe they just, they want the, the baby face. It, it fools people. And... And that he and he's literally doing that, which is you know whatever. But like, then don't be criticizing other people for doing the same thing. And he should he should have given her plenty of notice of this. But then she says, you know, gosh, Ned, you know, you know, you're important to me. But six months, you can't expect me to give up six months. They're a toxic relationship. Six months isn't that long. I'd be like, you know, Anik, we wait here while I run to the grocery store for 20 minutes? You say, Kevin, 20 minutes. I'm not going to put my life on fucking hold for that. What are you doing? I think it's, I think, I think she is being nice and saying the right things of like, oh, you're important to me. But I think she realizes like he's not supportive of her. And, and she just, you know, she's kind of in that inertia where she doesn't want to break up with him because she's in love with him. But it's also like she realizes that he's not good for her. And I think this version of Ned's really just not. I think the ideal Ned. If you're gonna write a Ned, you gotta make him concerned about Nancy's safety, but not a wet blanket and not somebody who's just trying to like destroy her dreams. He should be like, "Hey, we should relax. Maybe you shouldn't, you know, put all your time into sleuthing because you know that's not great for your mental health, babe." But like, you know, we can, you know, but like, I support you, and it's really cool that you do this. Like, you can have a balance here. Yeah. What happened to nuance? That's what that's what they they need a nuance Ned nineties Ned nerdy Ned that's old so hopefully at some point we'll get to watch the CW version and hopefully that'll be a nuance Ned. So then he gets on this train to go to Africa. <laughs> yeah, just woo woo next stop Africa. Mozambique. I mean, what the fuck? And Nancy starts running after the train, and she goes at a very languid pace. Because we, we see her at the top of the steps that lead down to the train. Uh, and she starts running. And then we have a shot of Ned slowly boarding the train. The train very slowly taking off. And then we cut to Nancy. She's going down like maybe two steps. So she's making a token effort here. At best. And, and the most of the train gets away. Yes. The most embarrassing part is afterwards, immediately in the voiceover, she's like, I don't even know why I just did that. But she says, Ned, I love you too. The biggest mystery of all is the mystery of our relationship. Who knows if I'll ever solve it? End of series. What a fun, upbeat way to go out. It is true. I mean, in this case, why would they be together? They both obviously make each other miserable. We never saw. We never once saw them like really working as a as a great team. Or it's not a situation where it's like a we fight a lot, but we obviously like are really into one another. It's just kind of like, you know, like it, it personality clash, lots of whining and grievances. Just not fun to watch. 
they didn't know how to write drama back then. They were really trying to figure it out on TV, and uh, they hadn't really gotten to that point yet. Because you know, it can't just be, it can't, it, it can't just be disagree, disagree, disagree. There, there has to be some points where the couple is like, oh, okay. You know, we don't just hate each other. We have some fun. Yeah. You know? And and having having Ned lean all into the, like, fuck mysteries. A mystery killed my father. I'll never be okay with mysteries. It's just, you know, just sucks. It sucks. Fucking sucks. Frankly, it sucks. This was uh, a huge waste. It was a waste of our time to watch it. Yep. It was a waste of our time to talk about it, and it was a waste of time for these fine people to listen to. I know, it. and we're sorry about that. And <laughs> trust me, we don't like doing this either. <laughs> but we just decided to watch something fun and quick, and it turned out to be anything but anything but. And also, I just want to say, uh, our relationship is the is a mystery, but it's the one mystery I can't seem to solve. Did Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City write this? Like, what the fuck? I was worried for a moment that when you just said that, I thought you were talking about us. So insecure. I don't think our relationship's a mystery. I think we're two very, very similar and strange people. It's the most obvious thing in the world. Maybe we're a mystery to other people. Yep. Not to Every, Everyone saw us coming. We're like the train that's going to run over somebody's head. Yeah, that... Honestly, that train's the real hero of the story. He gets us in, and then he gets us the fuck out after 20 minutes. No, not a, not a moment silly. Just get the fuck out. And that's what closes us out. This felt like a lot longer than 20 minutes. I've watched... I've Yeah. Our previous episode was about Top Gun, which is like a, what, two-hour two movie or something? I think longer than two hours. Longer than two hours. This felt longer. <laughs> You enjoyed Top Gun. I enjoyed Top Gun. I was having fun. I was not having fun at all. Nancy Drew in France should be fun. She she should be in Paris doing something cool. Not like, you know, the, whatever, wherever the fuck we are. I mean, I don't even know where this is. Nancy Drew in Africa would also be fun. If she if she went over there and solved mysteries. Yeah, I with mean. With Ned and maybe come up with some reason for Bess and George to get over there. Yeah, he obviously hates her friends, so that's always off-putting. Get away from this guy, Nancy. Hates her friends, hates her interests, but loves her. He wants to change her. That's not good. All right, are we ready to take the train and get the fuck out of here? You have to come up with some sort of pithy comment that sums it all up and makes us feel like we haven't wasted our time. You're going to pull us out of this nosedive and send us up into the stars. <laughs> Can't even say it. I'd say the long journey home turned out to be a short slog to nowhere. Thanks for listening this week. I'd like to give a special thanks to Kevin T. Greenley, who's no relation to me. He's the guy that composed the great music for this podcast, and you can find him on the web at kevintg.com. You can follow us on Twitter at mystery to me. That's mystery underscore to underscore me underscore and at Mystery to Me Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And you can always send us recommendations and feedback of any kind at mystery to me podcast at gmail.com. We're not teens setting up Hotmail accounts in the early 2000s, so all of those spell out two as T-O. Thanks, Thanks so, so much, much for, for listening. listening.